The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 12th, 2018, season 14, episode number 78. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. I feel like I'm the only one with some energy here today. Let's go. I don't know what is wrong with you. I'm telling you, espresso does wonders. Let's see. When when we we took off yesterday, Yeah. I mean, like, I know Dave was grinding, working pretty good. Amber yeah. was working. I was working. You Amber were, wasn't working. I was sitting one, beside her. Like, I worked half Amber of the way Amber was not. Amber was at one point. I looked over at Amber, and Amber was like knocked out, just like sitting. there. So like, were you? But I, I, I tried. I couldn't really go to sleep. But probably had a video or something like that to do after that when she landed or something. Maybe. I think I got home at I got home at about five o'clock, and I was in bed by five thirty. I'm sure you guys had a little more yeah. to do. Yeah. I'll no, say this. what? No. <laughs> Dave was like, oh, I was home and in the bed. The beauty but, of hey, a three-hour flight. I was done with game, everything when we hit the tarmac. Yeah. That game took it took a lot out of everyone, really, including the players. I don't think I've heard a – I know it was late, but I've never heard a plane so quiet after a big win. Yeah, I know. It was really quiet. I it mean, was. like, I, I think they were spent. Yeah. And a game like that took took it out of them. But. Well, they had to be because I mean that was a that was a tough game that they went against. And we're gonna and we're gonna talk about a lot of the things that happens, but I don't want this one thing to get lost in the conversation. Everything we talked about last week, and it started with Dave's assessment of what that defense was, said that the Cowboys would not be able to do what they did last night, and they were able to do it, and not only do it, but do it in a convincing fashion. And I think that's where we should start. Talk about particularly how the Cowboys were able to run against a defense that had basically shut down most running but, games in the NFL they faced. You know, and they what they did was is they they just stuck to the plan. I mean, and because it wasn't really working that well early, but they just kind of kept leaning on and kept leaning on them. They figured it out. I thought I, I thought I thought the addition there of Xavier Sulafilo was was so important to the point where after one game, I think everyone's looking around like well, he's starting, right? I mean, even I think so. I, I could be wrong. You're talking about even when Connor even when comes Connor back. comes back, I, I think this guy he's probably he's probably the right the right fit for you. I talked to him after the game. He said it just took me a little bit to figure out Fletcher Cox is just just how how much burst he has. Unbelievable, consistent, he's a great player. He said it took me a little bit. Once I figured that out, though, I thought it was you know it was, it was pretty good. And we didn't hear a lot we of didn't. Fletcher Cox. And and the funny part but, was if you watched the early part of the game, those first couple series, Fletcher Cox was. Everywhere yeah. and it was like, oh, this is gonna be a long, I long th- day. I thought they just stuck to what they were doing. Yeah, I just, I mean, I said this last night. Um, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. But that's where I just keep going back to is that in the last, what, not even a week because they played on Monday last week. Like in less than a week, I just feel like I don't know anything about this team, <laughs> um, and I, it's annoying. And not not that they, I'm not annoyed that they won. Obviously, it's it's much much better when they win. I want them to win, but like, you know, we've been out, we've been doing this since July. You kind of pride yourself on, you know, we're here to tell people what what's going to happen, and they just dumped it on on our head twice in a twice in a row. Like, well, what can you count on this team to do? They're inconsistent. Well, you can count on them to win at home. Whoop. 
nope, no, you can't. <laughs> well, what you you can't count on them to run the ball against the best front in football and on, on the, the road. road. Whoop, nope, yeah, yeah you know, actually they're going to dominate the second best rushing defense in the league. Like right. it's going to look like men playing with boys. Eight yards per carry against that front. Yeah. One hundred and seventy-one rushing yards. Dak looked like old Dak, which, ironically, that that's just the. the the quarterback position perfectly encapsulated is that Dak actually didn't play very well, mm -hmm. but he got the job done. He didn't turn the ball over. Uh, he led him on a couple crucial scoring drives, and he looked like a hero. Which, by the way, when everything else is working as it should, yeah. that's what you need from Dak. Dak doesn't have to be great for this team to win if everything else is working as it should. That starts with the offensive line then goes to the running game, then goes to the ability for the receivers to get open in critical moments. If those things work, that can be good for you. And that I know a lot of people want your want your quarterback to be better than that. They want your quarterback to be Aaron Rodgers. But the reality is the way this this thing is put together, that's what they need from Dak. And I think we've we said that going all the way back to the summer is like Dak is not Aaron Rodgers and that's okay because this, this, and this. And it hasn't really been there for them the vast majority of the times. And so Past the halfway point of the season against one of the better defensive fronts that they've played, uh, it was eye-opening and surprising and pretty unexpected to see them do that. I get, you know, I don't think anybody's surprised that they won. I picked them to lose, but I'm certainly not surprised that they won. But the way they did, just absolutely having their way with Fletcher Cox and those guys, um, I wasn't ready for it. And I wrote about Dak last night. He said, you know, he's like, I don't want to talk about 2016. It was two years ago. But this is the team that we have, and this is what we're capable of when we play up to our standards. And so, again, I'm just like, well, where has it been? What's going on? Yeah, Amber, so, give me your big picture thoughts coming out of that game. To be honest, I'm not surprised. Nothing surprises me now. And this team, True you know, Cowboys we... <laughs> veteran right there. <laughs> Nothing surprises well, me. Well, the thing is, like, we've seen this team do this kind of thing. The problem is, and like Dave mentioned, is the consistency of it. They haven't been consistent enough to keep it going and make it work week by week. And last night, somehow it ended up working out for them into their advantage and clicking. And to me, initially going into this week, I'm like, I had something, just a feeling that they were going to get this win just because, and not necessarily because they're a better team, just because it's going to end up working out and Garrett's going to find a way to make it work and keep you there. And that's exactly what they did. As far as the offense uh, goes, you know, I am surprised that Zeke was able to do everything that he did, especially going up against the defense like the Eagles. But at the same time, there were a lot of, things that I wasn't very pleased with. And when you talk about Dak Prescott and the little mistakes that, like you said, if you take the running game away, then you're back to square one and how this thing, where the problem originates from. But when you flip it to the defense, they did an amazing job. And I think the victory, even though Zeke ran his butt off last night, I think that this victory comes from the Cowboys defense and what yeah. they were able to do. You guys talk. I mean, you talked a little bit about what uh, Dak did, and, and Dave, you talked about it a little bit as well. Uh, Dak with 26 of 36, 72% completion rate. That's a pretty high number. Um, 270 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, 102.8 uh, was his passer rating. He ran the ball six times for only nine yards, one of them being a play that I thought was a, a really, really great heads-up play by him. Uh, we thought he was going to maybe spike the ball. 
He runs up, he gets the snap, he puts the ball over into the end zone that gets him the touchdown there before the half. Uh, talk about, just assess how he played yesterday. I know you guys said there were some things you didn't like. Yeah. What were the things you didn't like? Did not like? Did not like. He's not accurate all the time, and and he's just, that's just not his game. I mean, he, and, and that's too bad because he's a quarterback. There's just there's just some <laughs> throws. There's just some throws that he misses. He missed one to Zeke. I, you, it took me about five minutes to get over that when yeah. you, you no, were sitting more, next more to like him. More like 10. It, it, it was right there on the flat by the goal line. I, I, you just can't miss that throw. He he misses some other ones, but Cole on the, out, on yeah, the outside, yeah. Cole on the out route, on the third out. And I mean, two. But you know what? That was right before the fake punt, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they get that fake punt, and and they're and they're driving, and then he goes and does another out to to Beasley, and he hits yeah. it. I mean, he's just he's one of those guys, and and I know. You know he what he's dealt with with his personal life. You know with with losing his mom to cancer. And the reason why I say that is because when you deal with stuff like that, missing a throw here and stuff doesn't phase you to the point where you still you still have confidence to go and, and do that. I know I'm taking it a little deeper, but I'm just saying that's it. That's why we love Dak because even though he's got shortcomings, he still said, you know what, I I believe what I can do. Just look at the when he got that hit. The big hit last night, oh. the sack, and yeah. then the play after next play, that, he, ran. he runs again. You're, you're, you're yeah. right. I mean, the very next play, yeah, yeah. And I, we, we can talk more about Dak later on. I, I he's just not he's he's going to frustrate you at times because there's nothing he does that's great. Nothing. Uh, but I think what the, does he do that's great? The intangibles that you just talked about well, are great. That, that, and that, that's important. That's, that's important. Which. This is speaking of. I think that was Kent. What did he say? Leadership. I said leadership. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, Which those are, but those are things you can't really measure. So it's really hard to. No, do you're that, absolutely but, well. It. And but that's, he's got that it factor. This. I, this might have been. This might have been like the quintessential Dak game because again, like you look at the stats, you're like he completed 72 percent of his passes. He did mm-hmm. that. He. He had a nice night, but he there was. He could have been a lot better. He left some throws there. He made some questionable decisions. The Beasley throw. I'm just like. You're you're an NF, you're starting NFL quarterback and you missed that throw, but then right before the half he looks like Joe freaking Montana that was, just that was zips him like uh, literally. I mean the throw to Hearns it in was, front of us. Oh my god! That was and then one of his best. There was a throw to Hearns, and I think the other one was to I want to say Beasley? it was to Beasley on the out. Was, yeah, Beasley it was Beasley. Both those throws I thought were really really great. The throws. drive to take the the final lead twenty seven twenty like mm-hmm. again you know Wentz is doing his Wentz stuff and just punching back and. Just calmly and coolly. I don't like bringing it up. Dak doesn't like bringing it up either. But it reminded me of 2016. It's like every time, you know, they always they had an answer. We haven't seen it this year. We didn't see it for a lot of last year. But that's what it looked like. Um, Pittsburgh game, right? Yeah. Oh, no, just, and oh, yeah. You trading shots. You know, it was when you're good enough against a good team to do that and Zeke actually get hurt. a win. Which, yeah. to be to be fair, it probably helped that the Eagles secondary was down to its, you know, you know. I don't even know the names of the guys that were playing cornerback by the end of that game, but you still—it's the NFL. Style points don't matter. You, you still got to do the job. Um, and speaking of quotes, I think Zach Martin, who you know for my money is probably the best player on this team, him or Zeke. Um, mm. He kind of—he took me aback last night because he was—he was like, "Yeah, Dak is—he's the best competitor I've ever been around in my career," which you know that carries some weight coming yeah. from him. So again. The yeah, intangibles. The if, intangibles. You're if right. If Dak does something great, it's that. And, you know, for whatever doubters he might have outside the locker room, I don't think he has any inside the locker room, which that is way more important. So, yeah. exactly right. And he has some lucky moments, too. It's like 
he almost had an interception. Yeah. Uh, then where he lost the ball, it just kind of came out of his hand out of nowhere. Yet. Oh, and that was a touchdown, too. He was able to uh, pick it up. You don't think? No, I don't necessarily think because I've seen Cooper running free twice in the game that he didn't throw. <laughs> well, the difference just because he saw him well, doesn't the, mean he the difference here, it. The difference here is he had gotten loose. The, the The defensive back stumbled. He'd gotten loose, and it would have been a throw to a target rather than a, a throw to a moving target. Is what, I, what you're I'm right. I, 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 because the end zone was right there. Yeah, I would have said that he that he would have thrown a touchdown there. But yeah. I mean, Cooper went free a couple other times. Actually, doesn't make it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying. Just because he saw him and recognized him doesn't mean it was a touchdown. But it would have been. It would have been right there. He probably would have underthrown him and made still made the catch. But that ball just bounces right back to him. I don't yeah. know. That's happened like two or three times this year. Yep. You mentioned that uh, that deep pass. The deep pass on the left sideline uh, when they were going down the field. Yeah. Actually, Cooper said after the game that that was his fault. He said. He said, when I released off the line, I was basically trying to read the defensive back, so I didn't just run like he was expecting me to, and that's why I didn't get to the spot where he expected me to be. So it looked like he overthrew him, but Cooper said that was on him. Hey. He said that's the kind of thing that, you know, working together a little bit more will get a, a little better chemistry like and be able to guy. read each other. I do, too. I like everything about him inter- right now. He's actually pretty good Other than too. his price tag. <laughs> but but I do. I like everything. Oh, he's got to bring it, no. bring it down. No, I'm just saying I don't love that. But, <laughs> I'll take the but, first, but that I'll, I'll was the, the first price. round. That yeah. was the price. It wasn't like it was they could have done anything better. I mean, that was the price for him. But he... he his stats aren't aren't flashy. I don't know if they will be in this offense, but you can just tell that he he just knows how to play. He's got a big, strong body. Very noticeable compared yeah. to the other receivers. Yeah, yes, he is. His yeah. stats are exactly where they need to be for the way the Cowboys want to play offense. And yeah. I did the math. I mean, two games is a small sample size, but if you average it out over sixteen, he's on pace for eleven hundred yards and something like. Uh, 75 80 catches or something like that yeah. five or six touchdowns something like that yeah he had he was uh he had six catches last night for 75 yards um and then the last game he had five catches 58 yards and a touchdown but, so yeah he's doing he's doing what they want him to do and like i always tell you whenever he catches a pass you see how open he is like he just yeah. has a way of being able to get separation that not that the other receivers haven't shown that they can consistently but, do but it, and i know we've argued this you know forever about do they need a number one did they need a number one i just think that you're seeing that the fact that he's got those skills to be a number one receiver and all of a sudden beasley's open a little bit more at least he was in this game hearns is open more i think those guys need that that player that they really do to help them and that needs you know that number one too and zeke needs it i mean they all kind of need it um but we talked really about zeke zeke i mean like his game and everything about it. No, we it. didn't. We didn't, but I actually want to yet. take our first break. Okay. And when we come back from break, and let's take let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. He, he had well. a monster, monster Did game. Did he? And uh, and we'll talk about maybe Leaps some of the bounds. reasons. Maybe yeah. some of the reasons why uh, we saw that performance yesterday. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Hi. Thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just... Touchdown! 
Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking the Cowboys' big win over the Philadelphia Eagles last night on Sunday Night Football. They went 27-20 to in a close game, a fun game to watch. And uh, it all sets up for the Cowboys uh, to at least be playing for something over the next couple weeks. If they would have lost, I think it would have been a much more different situation. Um, and by Thanksgiving, you could have had a team that really didn't have much to play for. But this keeps it in the keeps it alive, even though the Redskins win yesterday. Still keeps the Cowboys in the mix for the division, and we'll see how it all plays out down the stretch. We got to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Yesterday was a phenomenal day for him. Um, he rushed for nine, he rushed 19 times for 151 yards, averaged 7.9 yards per carry. Um, 35 was his longest. And he had a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. In addition to that, he caught six passes for 36 yards uh, and a touchdown. So a total of 25 touches, 187 total yards, um, and two touchdowns. Yep. What were you going to no, say? No, no, keep going. What was, what was different yesterday? Because Cowboys have been wanting to do this since the season began. This is what they want from him every week. And you can't tell me it was the defense that they were playing against because this was a defense that coming into this game – had only this kind of day had only been replicated once this season against them. It was Saquon Barkley and the Giants, uh, but they had been shutting down rushing uh, rushers all season. Yesterday, the Cowboys were able you, to be successful. I think you did point out though, and, and Dave put the stats in front of you, but we, we both saw it. it. They weren't the guys they were shutting down were not elite players, True. and when they faced the elite guy, Barkley, he's he will be if he's not elite right now, but he's up there. Um, they they struggled against that, so you could tell that that it was there if you if you could really you know bring a, a good player like that. And so I I thought I, I don't know what was different. I mean, you could say I thought you know Suafilo definitely helped. I mean, I, he was really good. I think Cooper helped. I think that, that you got a little bit more balance there. Um, you know, he he was he he was running well though. I mean, he had some some juice. It probably seemed the healthiest he's been. And and we can talk about deep the, the play. 
it's on there right now. If you actually be watching the video, I'm telling you, no, it was very close. I wish it's closer than you want to know. That was close to being the greatest play I've ever seen for the Cowboys. If he finishes, he just scores. I mean, it still was great, but if he just goes and scores like that, that that would have been well, Woody Dantzler, two thousand two. But other than that, still is the best. That's still the best play I've ever seen. But but here, that would have been right there. That was so good. You think about how many times do you see guys hurdle other guys? You see it not often, but you see it enough nowadays. But it's rare you see a guy hurdle someone and keep running. Oh, that's the big thing. And the fact that he was uh, he was almost able to get there, and then he just couldn't hold and up. He really wasn't going low. The, the the defender. I mean, he kind of dove yeah. low, but he was aiming like high. Yeah. aiming when like he landed, in the he went into a sprint. If he had just yeah. kept running at his normal pace, Ooh. he probably would have scored. See As right you there? said, Nick, he, he was about yeah, an inch from that being a very painful. Yeah. yeah. Painful. He, he took some contact. <laughs> no, that would have been more painful than any of the contact he took no, all night. I'm, he took some contact yes, to the did. region that you're Helmet, talking yeah. about. Helmet, right yeah. no, We're going to no, talk no. about that here later on Tommy John. <laughs> I, it's a tough one. I, I mean, he cleared. I, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't get it. And I don't, maybe Xavier said that we're angry. Okay. Everybody's angry in the NFL. Hey, like, let's that's, talk about Chris Richard. Talking about anger. Oh. Go ahead. I mean, maybe Xavier Suofilo, you know, he's he's a highly talented guy. He's a top 40 pick. He's bigger, more experienced, more powerful than Connor Williams. But am I to believe? You said he was top 40 pick? Yeah. yeah Where was, was Connor selected? 60. Okay. Stop. I'm just I'm just asking, like. He also, I mean, I mean he also didn't catch on with the team that drafted too. He's been cut I, I understand that. What I, the reason why I say it like that is because uh, the one thing that I think we've talked about before on this show is when you've got a guy like Tyron Smith beside you, you don't necessarily have to be great. It was what we saw with Cooper. Cooper hasn't been great. He was a first-round pick. He hasn't been great in his career. But you put him beside by, beside Tyron, and he had a pretty good year Jonathan last year. Cooper. Jonathan Cooper, yeah. yeah. So all I'm saying is, and, and I talked about this before the show, could we find a situation where because he is stronger and, and more acclimated to the NFL game, he is a better solution yes. for you right now. Not necessarily down the line, but a better solution right now than Connor Williams. Let me go back to my point, which okay, is sorry. that I refuse, I refuse to believe it. I refuse okay. to believe that he's the difference between not getting 50 yards rushing against I, Washington, I agree. Houston, and this. Like, are you <laughs> are you kidding me? 171 yards, 151 for Zeke on 19 carries. That is a college line. Right. That is what Adrian Peterson does to Iowa State. He's like, let me go out here and mess around, and I'm going to rip half of these for 40, and nobody can really hang with me. Like, this doesn't happen in the NFL. No, I'm not saying he's the difference, but can you at least allow for the fact that he is a part of the difference? Well, oh, of, yeah. Of course. That, that was right. part of it. I think, you know, what Amber said earlier, the offense did great, but the defense really – this stems from the defense. Think about it. This team, I don't know if all coaches do this, but this team will go away from their game plan if they get down. If they get down by 7 or 10, uh, you know, the score was prohibitive and they have to change. But the defense made sure that that never happened. The Cowboys never trailed this game, actually. And so the, the defense kept them to a point where they could still be patient and run the offense that they want to do. And, and I thought, you know, it, it just kept coming back to the, the defense. The defense kept putting them in situations, good field position, got a turnover, got off the field at times. Just every time, there's so many boxing references here, but every time they were kind of staggered. 
They just came back and, and then they kept fighting. We obviously need to talk about the defense. They were amazing, but just one. I mean, I, I'd have to go pull the stats, but I feel comfortable betting that there are at least three or four games this season where Zeke didn't have a run longer than 15 yards. He had about five of those last night. It, I mean, it was it was just a staggering difference and. Xavier Suofilo, give credit to Mark Colombo. Like, I'm sure he's had more time to install some of the changes he wants to make, more zone blocking runs, some stuff they're more familiar with. I thought Tyron Smith played maybe his best game of the year last night. Um, but to just drag a top-level run defense like that, especially – I mean, if this was 2016 and they'd been doing it to everybody all year, I wouldn't bat an eye. But this running game has struggled to play up to its standard all year long. So – to break out like that against a defense that good was really impressive. Yeah, I think what's what's not being talked about enough right now on our show about Suofilo, though, is who he did it against. I mean, if that was yeah. Marco Branch uh, or some random dude, uh, I know he's not a player. If that was just some <laughs> random dude but out he'd there. He'd be a good player. That, but, Marco you know, if that would have been just the random dude, the random defensive tackle, yeah. then you're like, yeah, eh, okay. But this was Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. How much did we talk last week about how great this guy is? And those first couple series – he was moving around and making, you know, he was in the mix. And after that, I don't remember hearing much from him the rest of the game. And that has to be accounted for. And when you're talking about Suofilo, I think you have to mention the fact that that's the guy he went against for a good part of the night and basically shut him down. It is worth noting that uh, top-notch defensive tackles have messed things up for this team all year. Kawan Short, Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen, and Deron Payne. I'm going to step out on a limb. I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to step out on a limb and say Connor probably won't be ready to play against Atlanta. If I had to guess, he had a scope. <laughs> Stop, I'm, kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I, horns. I think I would guess Suofilo will get an, another start. He's going to have a he, Grady Jarrett's pretty damn good player too. We can get into that. We'll see, yeah, we'll see what he's going to do. Happen, if it if it happens again, then then I think you got yourself a conversation about who needs to be starting at left guard. And the Redskins, that's another one that'll be. I mean, he's going to have some. Well, I like yeah. I, I mean, Randy Randy Gregory got the same procedure heading into the bye week, and he played last night. And so. He played well. He I did. don't know if we're going to get into him. He yeah, he, he really did, did a nice job. I, I thought so, that was the best game he's played. I think injury will provide Xavier Suofilo at least one more opportunity, if I had to guess. So we'll see what he does with it. Yep. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about the offensive line and Dak. Um, I don't know if we spent enough time talking about Amari Cooper. Um, and I, the reason why is because I wanted to ask you guys the question, what is the best thing that he provides this offense? You look at how he performed last night, and really over the last two weeks, he's made, like I said, he's, he's been able to get himself open. He tends to make the catch. We haven't seen him drop balls. Um, yeah. and, and there have been more times than not that he's been even open on some plays that the ball just didn't connect. He and, and he and the quarterback didn't connect. What is the best thing that he brings to this offense at this point? Well, I think it's his route running. I, I think that his ability—he he understands what defenses are trying to do to him, and he just knows how to get open. Um, and you know, he didn't do a lot to get to get deep on that that one throw that Dak missed him. Uh, but he just—he just, just kind of knows how to just run by a guy or get open, and just kind of uses his body to his strength. He's just a smart player. He—he is—he's kind of a student of the game. He, he knows what he can do out there in the field, and and I I think that it's just a he's not flashy, but they don't need that. They really don't need that. They just need a guy that understands how to get open, and I, he does that well. Yeah, he seems like a technician, and 
I don't know. The jury's still out for me because he played well against Tennessee, and it didn't help anybody else. It did. I mean, it didn't help Cole Beasley. That's for sure. That's true. Uh, I want to see more, but I have to believe that if he can continue to play like this, it'll keep opening opportunities up for Beasley, Gallup, Hearns, Zeke, etc. Yeah, and you know, interesting thing that you just mentioned. You said he's not flashy. I think everything about that fits this team. You kind of want, if you're going to have a number one receiver, you kind of want the kind of guy that makes the plays that are there and is not is okay with the idea that some weeks they may not need him as much because the running game is still going to be the predominant thing. But he will make those those underneath catches as well, the 5 for 58, the you know the 6 for 75. Those aren't huge days, hey, but he made some catches yesterday that made a difference. The best receiver in the game right now, this year is not flashy at all. He's actually kind of boring. Who? Michael Thomas. Eh, he pulled a phone out in the end zone after he scored. That's, That's kind of flashy. That's <laughs> a little bit. He's kind of flashy. He's pretty. Now he did it. He, I thought, no, according to him, say, he did it for the you know what for the purposes of giving homage to uh, That's to true. a you know a guy I, he actually, thought did do that. I thought he was going to say Adam Thielen. I thought so too. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. AJ Green wouldn't isn't really you know flashy. He's not playing anymore right now. He's yeah. hurt. But I mean, Julio Jones, those guys right there. I I think Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham are your flashy receivers like that. These other guys, they get the job done, and and, and that's okay. I don't know where Cooper ranks on all that. He would probably be in the top twenty, but you know, but they do have a number one or two running back in the league. And so, and he's pretty flashy. Yeah. And so, it. I think you said it best. It's just like what how he fits this team, and and, and what they need. From and him, and yeah. they need that. And I think the Cowboys have 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 learned. You know, they learned their lesson this year. That they they thought they didn't need a number one, a true number one. And and I think that they've figured out that they do, and and it helps. And it helped last night. Dave, you're right. It didn't really help that first game. We'll see how it helps in, in Atlanta moving forward. But, but, you know, I will say, that I do think it kind of helped in the first game. Now, there were a lot of other things that were going wrong in that first game, but that's where we first started to see his ability to be able to get open and present himself in a way that where the quarterback could get oh, it no. and make some easy throws. Cooper, so, for sure. I just yeah. – the, the – Dominant. The trickle down effect yeah. did not it did not happen against the yeah. Titans. So. And you know what you might end up seeing is you might end up seeing that the more he's in this offense, the more that it helps. Last night could have been the byproduct of that, where the the Eagles went into the game maybe saying we're depleted at set in the secondary. We know this guy has some ability. We got to pay a little bit more attention to him. The running game starts opening up a little bit more than it has to this point. So I think you you have to factor all that stuff in because you don't really know what the difference was, but it has to be a part of the factor, right? Yeah. All right, let's talk about the defense. And that was actually where I wanted to start the show. The and Nick just kind of laughed at me and said, "Really, after the running back did what he did?" But I think <laughs> equal. But I think equally as impressive was what your linebacker Leighton Vanderesh did. Thirteen solo tackles uh, yesterday. He had one tackle for a loss, one interception, which that happens so early in the game. You almost forget about it. Um, it was like his least impressive play, right, honestly. Right. He was just tack- all over the place, the and he was making loss. tackles. Oh, my God. The tackle for a lot. I mean, this team does anything this year, and, and where we're still talking about plays throughout the year, that one's going to go down as one. That was a huge, huge play, the tackle for a loss. He had no business making that play. I mean, there's two guys out there to block him. For him, for by him. the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to block him, yeah. and Clement's going to go for a little bit. And this game's going to be totally different. Probably going to go into overtime, maybe. And he just snuffs it out and goes and makes the play. I mean, that's a veteran-like play. That was a Sean it was, Lee type It was play. a Sean it, Lee It play. was not a Sean Lee type play. It was Sean Lee. Right. Like, literally, Sean Lee made the same play in 2016 against, against Darren Sproles, yep. Yep. AT&T, 
took him out of field goal range, changed the whole game, sent it to overtime. Witten wins the game. Same Changes thing. the whole dynamic of the of the franchise, in my opinion. I really think that play changed everything because if he doesn't make that play, that I think Romo starts in a, in a couple of weeks. Poignant. After. But valid point. That Romo is, yeah, I Romo is like going that. to start because Dak was horrible that game. Yeah. But then the, Dak was like, you know what? Let's go win the game. Let's go tie the game. And let's go win the game. That changed the whole French. But it, that play reminded me of that. It, I mean, if if the play is even moderately successful, it's probably a first down or at least a fourth and short. And instead, just completely ruined it. Uh, it his instincts are off the charts. And if you go back and watch it, like he, he said it after the game, but you can tell he knew it was coming before, before Clement even had the ball. He was already, he had already diagnosed it. His instincts are, uh, freaky for a rookie. I think, um, he looked awesome. So here's a big picture question. When Sean Lee when comes Sean back. Lee comes back. <laughs> when, when Sean you Lee know, comes back. Exact same thing. Do you want, no, wait, do you want Leighton Van Der Esch off the field at any point during the game? Because that's what it's going to require. It's going to require a rotation, which is that's what they were doing before Sean got hurt. Between those three linebackers, when they would go to nickel, you would see that one of them would be off the field and the other two would be on. So they just kind of rotated the three. Do you want scenarios where where Van Der Esch is off the field? First of all, they're calling this a four- to six-week injury in the first place. So, like, that's future Dave's problem. That's future Cowboys' problem. Like, I don't think think Sean Lee's going to be back until December. Um and at that point, who knows what the season looks like anyway. But, if he, you know, I trust Sean Lee. Sean Lee is one of the best defensive players in the recent memory of this franchise. They can rotate him, and it'll be fine. There's, It's what we've been saying since July. There's more than enough tackles to go around, assuming Sean is healthy. i got to go back to the interview we we did on the field in the pregame show with, with Steven. Because he said something. You know, I was thinking about the next question or something. But he said something like, this look, tonight we finally have the way it should be where we have two linebackers and you play and you know you have the two starters and you don't really rotate. And he kind of said it like that on Who like, said that? Steven. Yeah. I got to go listen to it again, but it just made oh, it sound like it was like He's like, "Oh, we don't actually want to be rotating." Kind of. Mm. Yeah. We got our two guys and they're but, really good, so we have them out which, there all the time. Which is what they should do cuz I mean th- these two are playing better. Yeah. They're healthier and if Sean Lee kind of rotates in, that that'll be fine. But that's and okay, that I at this point, if he misses six weeks and comes back in December, it's Sean Lee that should be rotating in. Right, right. Not Leighton Vanderesh. Well, but that's the thing. Was, How much are you rotating him in? Is this a twenty snap a game type situation? Is every this a forty third, game a snap? Every third situation? series. I don't know. And and maybe you rotate for for Jalen. We're still not I talking. Late we're still not talking about the great game that this defense played right now. No, we're, we're talking about Leighton, but we have another twenty two hey, minutes. Suofilo, Do we really? Oh yes, damn! We, I thought Suofilo, we had, yeah, we got plenty of time. Suofilo was of time. was good, but was he the best as Xavier? No, no. I and know, actually, I know they say their names differently. Xavier, Xavier, he, Xavier, Xavier, Xavier Woods. Yeah. He was great. You know what was funny? Best Just, game of his career. It was probably after the maybe about the. First quarter or so, I looked over at Nick and said, "Man, Xavier's not having a good night because he had a couple missed tackles." And I, I was just <laughs> kind of like, "I don't know what's going on." And and sure enough, on cue, he watch, made a play. Watch this, and then made another play, and it just kind of kept coming. And I was like, "Man, okay, well, that that's take take whatever I said at the beginning of the game and just get rid of that because he had just a really really great game." What play was that? He got. It was probably the play on the goal line. Played. No, no. Well, no, but I'm thinking. I think it was Ertz because Ertz did everything for them <laughs> last night. But he took a terrible angle 
And then Ertz just dragged him like a sack of potatoes for about five yards. Uh, and that was early in the game? It was early. And that I was like, yeah. and I'm like, ugh, Xavier, come yeah. on, dude. Yeah. And then he spent the next two hours erasing that from my memory. He played three pass breakups, really good game. saved a touchdown. Uh, did one, he, one of them was in nickel coverage, a third and two that forced him to uh, try or either forced him to try a field goal or it forced him to go for it. I don't remember. They failed either way. No, so yeah, uh, it was on third down and, and then yeah. on fourth down, they, they got stopped, but he made a nice play out there in the yeah, flat in front absolutely. of the Eagles bench, which, and you know, Leighton Vander Esch deserves all the credit. He's the wolf hunter. He played like a beast. <laughs> Uh, Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith, not too bad either. And he annihilated that guy got, on fourth and one. Just, I got about four other guys that played. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, let's go to break. When we come back from break, Nick's going to run down those four guys. And we may even get to your five plays from the game. Uh, the things that, some people interesting ones. Yeah, that, yeah. that people shouldn't forget about. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Yeah. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Cowboys win. Cowboys win. Cowboys win. Against the Philadelphia Eagles. 27-20. They are now tied and have the tie break at the current moment over the Philadelphia Eagles in second place in the division at 4-5. Uh, and five. 
Redskins are at six and three, two games ahead. Cowboys will face the Redskins on Thanksgiving. So again, and everything's a, right there in front of them. We'll see how it goes. Eagles and, and Redskins will two face games. each other twice. So I know it, it'll pain you to do it, but you probably need to pull for the Eagles to win that game. <laughs> you know, it's One interesting. I haven't looked at this to verify it, um, but someone told me yesterday that the Eagles next, I think five of their next six yeah. are against teams that lead currently lead their division. Uh, so the Eagles have a tough. That's the thing about being the the top team in your in your division every year. That means you're going to face the other top teams in their division from the year before, uh, which makes it a little tougher than the next team and the next team and the next yeah. team. Their reward for losing that game, well, they would play them regardless because they play the South, but they got the Saints next. Yep. So wait, the the Eagles have the Saints next. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And the Redskins have the Texans next, who are on a really, really they're probably one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Uh, they've gotten on a nice little roll you know, here. So. You know, every one of the Cowboys' losses this year to a team that's that has a winning record. I mean, it, even and it seems like every time they've lost, it's somebody like they're not any good. Like Seattle sucks, and then Seattle gets hot. And Houston yeah. got hot. Yeah, and the Redskins have been pretty hot. Um, and then uh, t- Titans. You know, they go out there and whip New England. Doesn't make that loss look so bad from Monday night. So uh, it just looks like we're finding out a little bit that some of these losses the Cowboys have had that look bad. Maybe aren't as bad. I mean, you still you still want to win the game, of course, but you know we're still finding out a lot about this league. I think there's three really good teams right now in the league. That's yeah. I think that's and then everyone else is. Well, you said that five months ago. There's four or five teams here, four or five teams here. But even but even really more so than most years. Like I, we're finding out that we don't know jack yeah, about what's this New league. England? You know, I, I don't know. Never, Literally, I feel confident that the Rams, Saints, and Chiefs are good. They're good. Um. I don't feel confident about any other team. But I will say this, and we've seen this happen in the NFL. Those teams, I would I would be willing to put money on it that there will be another one, two, maybe three teams in the NFL that at this point we're starting to say, huh, that at the end of the season are going to be right there in the mix. I think well, Pittsburgh is I one of say, them. If you, and what I mean by that is just like it's hard to tell right now who are going to be the dominant teams because as teams start getting on their rolls here at the middle of the season, Chicago. like Pittsburgh's doing, like Chicago, like there are some teams that, that will get it going right now and through the rest of the year will play like those teams have played through the beginning of the season. And and one of those teams that you think right now is just unbeatable will probably cool a bit. And it, that's just how the NFL works over an, over a seventeen Strange season. lady. I don't think those. You, your point is well made, and you're absolutely. I mean, I bet on Pittsburgh's going to be in the AFC title game. Just they're going to be in down, the mix. Yeah, mark no it doubt about right it. now. But I don't see, I don't see Kansas City, L.A. or New Orleans fading away yeah. unless something terrible happens to them, like a you know a drastic injury or but, something like that. You know, two. But that's the thing. Well, I mean, no, teams, you're right. Those things happen in the NFL. You're right. They're going into Week Ten, two teams in the league that you thought were pretty good. I mean, they got pretty good records, and they're going to be in the mix here. They both got fifty put on them this week. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Bengals and the Panthers. So. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. That's well, this is a Tuesday talk. We it is a sorry. Tuesday talk. Sorry, yeah. let's get back to this defense, Nick. You yep. said you had some players you wanted to throw out there I, that we didn't mention on uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I thought the best ta- defensive tackle in the game last night was Tyrone Crawford. I thought he was he he played better than than Fletcher Cox. He's not a better player than Fletcher Cox, but he really did a nice job. Uh, he's quietly had a really good season. Irving's been in and out of the lineup. He's kind of moved around. He's played really well. I thought Randy Gregory had the best play of his career with that sack. Showed some freakish skills. And don't forget about that play in the, the last end series. of the game. Yeah, he he was great. He, yeah, he uh, was Jeff Heath. Really good. You know, Heath had a really nice tackle there at the end on Ertz. Um, of course, he had the special teams play. He had eight tackles. I thought I thought he did a nice job. Cheeto had a really big play That's, in the game mm-hmm. too. 
I was going to ask the fact that, and I agree with like all those guys played great, but we got that far down the line without mentioning Cheeto was probably the best play of his career to this point. Yeah, that was, that was big. That was, oh, a, we were both Nick and I, the angle that we had on that play, it looked like that was just uh, yeah. going to be a touchdown. And we were like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And then all of a sudden he comes flying in there. To, and to I had the, the binoculars out. on that guy. So it was really close. And yeah. I was like, I don't see anyone. Then right. all of a sudden he comes flying in. Yeah, it was a great. Play. That was the, if we want to go five plays, that was the first one. Well, of, talk me through those group. five plays. What were the five plays in yesterday's game? And for those of you who don't know, Nick writes an article every week where he details the five plays from the games that you may have missed or you may not consider, uh, but they are plays that changed the game. Nick, let's run through remember. those five. That one right there we talked about. The Eagles were driving. It, it was a third down play. He was Or second down play. He looked wide open down the sideline, and, and Cheeto comes in, comes in and knocks it out. They get a field goal only to make it six to three. I thought that was a really big play. They come back on the next series and Peterson's calling timeout to try to get the ball back. He's helping the Cowboys third and 15. Good play call there for Gallup. 25 yard play that flipped the whole game around. The Cowboys mm-hmm. are just trying to eat up the clock and get to, you know, halftime 25 yard play. All of a sudden now the Cowboys are going score, in there yeah. and scoring. Um, I thought I'm, I'm actually, I don't have them in front of me, but there's, there's a couple there. Down at the end in the fourth quarter, um, I'm going to skip to the one right before Zeke's game-winning touchdown, first and goal in the nine, 442 to go. The fact that he did not score on first and second down was big. He's trying to score. You're trying to take the lead. But the fact that it went seven yards and then one and then he scores, that took off 74 seconds. 74 seconds there when you get to the final minute, you know, the final few seconds of the game, they're all precious. So 74 seconds to score, that that, that definitely changed the course of, of, of what the Eagles were, were trying to do. And um, I don't have it all in front of me out there. I'm missing a couple of there in the third quarter that were that were big. But uh, uh, I can't think of it right now. I wasn't prepared. Damn but you. I know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, there were some, a couple of big ones there in the third quarter. But um, anyway, I, I forgot. Sorry. Let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, – let's finish this, this this conversation on the defense. Uh, with all that you saw yesterday, are you – this defense has played well. Let's be clear. This defense has played well all season. But are you at the point now where you're thinking this is enough of a sample size uh, that you can say this defense can be relied on as the – really as the unit that things have to flow through? Because we've been used to for the longest time now – that this team's success was built around the offense, and whatever the offense did was going to dictate how whether how well the team was going to uh, actually uh, do from the standpoint of a win loss record. But do you think that at this point that's starting to change, and this defense really is the unit that that everything has to flow from? It's funny. Because, I mean, it goes back to what I said at the top of the show. They they dumped my expectations on their ear on Monday night because arguably the least impressive offense they played put up a season high point total on them. I mean, the Titans scored twenty eight. Made them look pretty pedestrian. Uh, and then how do they respond? They go out, uh, they play, you know, arguably, you know, probably one of the top five quarterbacks, eh, top 10 at least quarterbacks in the league right now. Carson Wentz should have been the NFL MVP last year. He got his stats, but they were effective against him. Um, they played a great game, held Philly to 20 points at home for the Eagles. Yeah, they were, they were outstanding. And the thing for me is um, – I'm just so intrigued by the upside of this unit. Actually, you know, I I pride myself on how much I know about this team. NBC had a stat last night that I had not considered that really shocked me. Did you? Uh, it was on the TVs in the press box. Did you see it? Seven point lead. Antoine Woods oh, is the only significant member of this defense, like guy who gets 
a lot of playing time who's not who has ever played for another team. Wow, well, I didn't realize that, but I guess that's true. Literally, I mean, go down. So they the list. built this thing. This defense oh, he's, was he's homegrown. For, he didn't even play. I mean, he, he was just... with the Titans for like a year. I mean, he practiced squad, whatever. But like, he's the only significant member of this defense. So you don't count David Irving. In well, that. even I mean, David Irving's played like a game and a half, which okay, but even still, but he wasn't. But he wasn't drafted by this. I guess is it, no know. drafted or discovered. Yeah, but even if you want to include him, that's two out of like eighteen yeah. guys. That's uh, amazing. It's unbelievable, and you know, I I did the math last night. Leighton Van Der Esch is twenty two, Jalen Smith is twenty three, Cheeto's twenty three, um, even some of your veteran Demarcus Lawrence is only twenty six. Byron. Byron is twenty seven. Yeah. Um. So they're homegrown. They are young, and they are coming into their own quickly. All together. Uh. So you know, I'd like to see. You know, you can nitpick, uh, you know, takeaways is still, a th- you know, still a thing you'd like to see more of. Right. I know, you know, they got one last night. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to say that, you know, this. I don't know that this defense is ready to, like, carry a team into the deep rounds of the playoffs, you know, but they're they're working on it and they're getting there quick. And the, I mean, these guys are young and most of them are under contract for the foreseeable future. And that's got to be very encouraging. And what I loved Cowboys about fan. what I loved about what I saw from this defense last night is um, I think what has to happen in order for you to become a great defense is not so much. Can you make the stops during the game? Because, yeah, you need to make those stops as you go along during the game. Giving up a touchdown here and there is not a huge deal. The thing is, when you get to the fourth quarter and it is at the moment when this is where you win or lose the game and the other team has the ball and they have X amount of, uh, of minutes or seconds left on the clock, can you make those stops? Last night, they made those stops. And Twice. That's, yeah, and that's the part that this defense hasn't always, I'm talking about going back over years, that's the part this defense hasn't always done well. They'll go through a game, they'll play pretty well, they'll hold teams to field goals, and then it gets to that last drive. Yeah and they give up the touchdown or they give up the field goal in order to win, they finished it last night, and that's what you're going to have to see from them in order for them yeah. to be a great that, the, the pass rush there late in the game, those last few plays, um, you know, that's not what Carson Wentz really wanted to do, and, and, and they forced him to throw the ball <clears throat> excuse me, over the middle when that's not what they wanted. But Gregory on one end, D-Law on the other, they needed some pressure there. They didn't make the sack, but they, they got there, and they forced him to do things he didn't want to do. I thought that was, that was really big there late in the game. Game. there's not a big rotation going on in that whole game i mean they, they, they've had injuries they were without taco i didn't think dorance armstrong played a lot i don't even know what happened to daniel ross because he heard it pre-game? i don't even know no, he played he he left the game because it says though, right? he did not play but he he had he, to have played he didn't get hurt in the pregame he no he left the they game. made the announcement early in the game so i don't know what, play, sheet, what, what point happened play, but yeah. I, I we've seen that before that's, that's an error he definitely played um Kind of weird to see a Super Bowl MVP that did not play. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just like, oh, yeah. Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles didn't play. Uh, yeah, Dan, I mean, Daniel Ross, that's something to watch. So that'll, I mean, if David Irving needs more time, that'll affect your defensive tackle depth. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I know this doesn't help them beat the Falcons, but you know me, I'm a I'm a draft and team-building dork. And, look, I mean, who who that's important to this defense is in flux for the future. Um Obviously, Demarcus Maybe David Irving. Well, David Irving and Demarcus Lawrence are the yeah. two, and yeah. I just I the, the Cowboys cannot let Demarcus Lawrence be anything no, but a Cowboy. That's a drastic mistake if they do. So I'm just going to chalk him up to being here one yeah. way or the and other. And Irving, to be honest with you, I don't think they need Irving. Well, I think they move on, and they it would be it get. would be nice to have Irving. But it would, but he 
I mean, it's, it's always something with him. And on no. top of that, they've played well without him. There you it's, go. You know, it's not like they're trying to stitch it together without him like they did with Sean Lee last year. They're playing well despite the fact that he I've, hasn't been available for most of the year. I've kind of changed my tune a little bit with, with Irving. And, and be, just because of the trade with, you know, with Cooper and, and you don't have that first-round pick and you're going to need some help here. I, I would probably offer him a one-year deal, Irving. And then if, if he gets more than that, if somebody says, you know, this guy's a freak and we want it, that's fine. But I, I think the Cowboys should be players. I don't think they'll just wash their hands, but I think they'll be like, another one-year deal and just see if you can figure things out. My only thing would just be they need to really figure out if football is his top priority um, because all the time that he's missing, um, yeah, he's, he's had some injuries and stuff like that, but – I just I, I would want to if I were the Cowboys make sure I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt if I'm gonna be a player like you said I know I'm not gonna break the bank but if I'm gonna be a player does he want to be out there is football his passion and if it is great yeah. go all in uh, or not go all in but but give him uh, yeah. offer something that makes some sense um, but if not then I, I just as soon say you can walk away and you can find more depth right now again this defense has talent. Um, you can find guys to add to that. You don't necessarily have to bring back a guy that you just can't rely on for whatever reason. There are lots of different things going on with him, uh, including injury, some of the things beyond his control. Uh, but it's just it's always something, it seems like. It and that makes it a little bit uh, it makes it to the point where you're, you don't feel like he's as reliable so as you talented, need him to be. Though. He is just, he's just extremely to be, talented. Just to be able to just come off the street and be like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm good. I mean, but it's how much do you want? You know, do you want to? How much do you want to tolerate? And, and with Malik Collins, you know, I think I guess he'll he'll need a contract going in after next year. He's got one more season left on his deal after he's this. He's kind of tricky too. Who? I'm know? sorry, Malik, Malik Collins because oh, yeah. he's well, you know he gets banged up a lot. But defensive he, tackle is a, a sneaky big need for this team in the draft. It yeah. is, and they don't have a first round pick, which means we don't have to sweat about them not picking one in the first round. But you say, can get talent in those other rounds. Like, no, you don't need well, to be a first round to get a defensive tackle. My point is, is Ross and Woods are playing great, and they came from, you know. Other team, other places. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can, you know, we can actually talk about them drafting a defensive tackle with their second or third round pick. Is my point because right. I'm not trying to waste my energy talking about them spending a first round pick on a defensive tackle. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's something they've ever wanted to do. They're not really. going to do it. Um, but no, I just, uh, I God, everybody on this defense did something heroic. It seemed like mm-hmm. yesterday, last night, and. They are all, for the most part, still coming into their own as players. I mean, that was Randy Gregory's third career sack, yeah, ever. Um, and he, he for all the so explosive for all the for all the hype and debate about him, I mean, what has Randy Gregory done to like give you a headache since he got back to this team? Like, I know you know we made a big deal about him missing out. He's going to league mandated right, appointments. Which is what he has to do in yeah. order to stay on the field. He's yeah. been a model citizen, as far as I'm aware. Maybe, you know, you never know the whole story, but as far as I'm aware, uh, and yeah, just a lot of talented players playing up to their potential, and they're all under contract, and that's very exciting. Before we end the show, I do want to throw out one extra little thing that came up last night. Cowboys uh, faced a team. Uh, this was now, um, or better, let me just say, last night the Philadelphia Eagles did not have a single penalty called. I was going to say that. That has happened only 30 times since 2000. Um, and here's the interesting part to me. The five of those 30 times, it was the Cowboys' opponent. Mm. Seem a little interesting. What's the record Ooh. of those teams 30 times? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I, it— well, definitely I'm, not undefeated. No, yeah, not undefeated, undefeated, but I mean, you would think that, you know, if you're playing a clean game and, you know, the, 
before we throw out conspiracy theory and all this crap, I mean, like, five Cowboys were flagged five times. So this crew obviously doesn't throw a lot of flags. I think we all appreciate that. Yeah. I don't. I didn't see but a, zero. I, no, no, zero for the zero? Eagles is ridiculous because. Because you know, and I even asked Tyrone Crawford about it, who thinks he gets you know held every play. <laughs> yeah, and, he's, and, he's and not a, he's do. not a fan of refs right now. No, but I'm just saying, we all saw a couple of plays here and there. But yeah, I mean, Damian was in a chokehold on that one. You know, the, yeah, yeah. Which I think NBC was like, look, Carson yeah. Wentz still threw the ball even though he had his hand in his wristband, and I'm like. Amy Wilson is being like suffocated. Yeah, by I this thought that's what they were right showing. Yeah, they, so did they, I. they were showing this other play, but zero penalties. That seems. Did they get called weird. for anything? I mean, I can't even remember anything de- being declined. A decline? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I never tracked that once it's declined, but yeah. maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's... But that's that's still to me that's just curious, and that, the reason why I brought it at the end of the show is because I don't think it's a huge deal, obviously, but I do think it's something that that does raise my eyebrow that this has only happened 30 times. That you would go through any game and a team would have zero penalties to me is curious. But for it to only have happened 30 times since 2000 and one-sixth of that is against is one team's opponents, when you got 32 teams out there, that seems curious. That seems very curious to me. And uh, I'm sure the Cowboys are probably looking into it and maybe sending some letters to, to league office or whatever. But they it just seems curious to they me. They can send all the letters they want. They went what, like – they went eight weeks last year without drawing a holding flag on an opponent, and I'm the number ain't high this year. I don't have yeah. it with me, but I promise you it's not high. So they send calls in every single week, and I'm not sure how much it, yeah. good it's doing them. But All right, guys, appreciate you joining us. We're back tomorrow. We'll give you a big-picture look at what's happening around the NFC East, what's happening around the NFL. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!